0: I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got
1: the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our
2: paper two days ago telling us who we have to take.
0: You're listening to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by two NFL draft analysts with NFL Draft Bible, Ryan Roberts, And Alex Gilstrap. Today's episode, as we promised you folks, we are giving you a mock draft with all of the teams that are currently locked into their draft positions. We're going to go through it. We're going to rotate picks. I believe we have 18 fantastic picks for you today, folks. We are not including the teams that lost in the first round of the playoffs, uh, just because when we set this. Not all the games were finalized, so as of right now, we're only doing the teams that did not make the playoffs, which is the most set current group of teams. And then once everything is finalized after the Super Bowl, we'll likely do another one and maybe even more over this draft process before we get into that folks I want to talk to you about bet online the NBA and college basketball are back the NFL playoffs are heating up right now we've got a lot of good games some upsets already with the Rams beating the Seahawks and with all that going on now's the perfect time to put some money down if you think you have an itch that someone could be upset just like the Rams if you thought the Rams were going to win you should have put some money down at bet online With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in, so if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. So we have here laid out 18 picks that we're going to go through. The current set group that did not make the playoffs is the group that we're going to go through. The way that this order before we start drafting, we're going to try and be as efficient as we can, which I know can sometimes be tough with uh, with this particular uh, group of draft analysts. But uh, the, the rotation uh, that we're going to go through, it's going to be Alex. It's going to be me. And then it's going to be Ryan. Ryan's always
2: last for some reason.
0: All right, so Alex, I believe that is a perfect time to put you on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the first overall pick.
2: Yeah, the draft uh, doesn't start till 2 because the first pick is Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. That was quick. Um, Yeah, pair pair that uh, number one overall draft pick. Trevor Lawrence looks like a near-generational talent at the position uh, as a prospect. Pair that with the amount of salary cap that they have freed up. Bring in an Allen Robinson or a Kenny Galladay who are both unrestricted free agents to join that you know promising wide receiver core in DJ Chark, Lavisca Chenault Jr. Maybe add a, a deep free safety in, in Justin Simmons, uh, formerly of Denver. I, I think you know they, they're in the they're in a great position to build up a roster that's going to be really really exciting for many years. I like where Jacksonville's headed. I uh, I think that GM position is one of the the best situations to get into for a GM. In the NFL right now, that's open, and uh, it starts off with uh, the number one overall pick being Trevor Lawrence.
0: No arguments there. I don't think Ryan. I know you're definitely not going to argue that. I'm not going to
1: argue that. He said he said near generational. Alex, what does that mean? What does near generational mean? Is he he generational (laughs) or is he generational? It
2: depends on what you what you say is generational. How many years is generational?
1: Um, I don't know. Ten. All right,
2: Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback prospect.
1: Perfect. There Stamp.
0: we go. Off to a good start here. I love. I love the issue that Ryan has is not with the pick, but rather the wording of the selection in <laughs> the you description. Have your, you had
1: to choose your words wisely, man. Come on. This is
0: this is very true. So now I am up on the clop, clock with the New York Jets. I was joking before this, and we were talking about how this pick could really screw up the rest of this mock draft. But I am not a guy here who has enough insight on these prospects to Ooh. do something wild here. I'm not going to do something stupid. I'm going to do what's going to happen. Nothing crazy is going to happen here unless maybe they trade for an available quarterback. That is something that we can't currently predict. So to keep things plain and simple, Justin Fields is going to be the next starting quarterback for the New York Jets.
1: I think Alex wanted Zach Wilson there. I could be wrong. but I think he did
2: that too. Would've, that would have been yeah. nice. I thought it was Marvin Wilson. <laughs> oh, Marvin. <laughs> pa- Peyton Wilson, linebacker <laughs> from NC State. That's, that's one.
0: All right, Ryan, what do you got for us here at pick three?
1: All right, a couple different ways I could go here. The big need at wide receiver, offensive tackle could always be upgraded because they did draft Austin Jackson last year. But right tackle, I mean, they have Robert Hunt right there, who I was a big fan of, but I preferred Robert Hunt inside. My perfect scenario is like, hey, two is a left-handed quarterback. You need a good right tackle, a blindside protector. You can maybe move Robert Hunt inside, and then eventually you could have that literally the best five starting. Or I can go like a guy with like Jamar Chase, who is very deserving of this pick, even though wide receivers tend to slide a little bit, especially with as deep as this class is. I think that my value with the second pick, potentially with the Dolphins, I might be able to get a primo pass catcher still, and the drop off from offensive tackle one to offensive tackle two is huge. So I'm going to take Penny Sewell here oh. to pair with Austin Jackson as the book ends, move Robert Hunt inside the guard, and now we have what is an assemblage of a pretty good offensive line, it looks like.
2: Well, you kind of teased me there. I thought you were uh, not going to go Penesul there for a little bit. Um, yes. So I obviously I think that's a good pick. Best value as far as best player on the board. And then with another first-round pick, you can attack a more uh, mm. you know position of need later on. I'd <laughs> like to
0: just point out really quickly, I just realized something. So uh, some context for some people who don't. Uh, know what we were talking about the day before when we were planning on doing this mock draft but Alex strangely was very intent on me having the second overall pick in this (laughs) in this particular mock draft and at first he was saying like oh if Joe wants to pick for the Giants blah 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 and like I don't really want to pick for the Giants it's fine it's no problem but we still end up Alec ends up setting the order for us um, as he generously offered to do so And he ends up placing Alex as the first overall pick, me as the second. Now I realize why Alex wanted the first overall pick. It wasn't because he wanted to pick Trevor Lawrence. It's because he wanted to pick for the Atlanta Falcons. Is is that correct, Alex? Is that a correct
2: assumption? That's it. And the last time I picked for the Falcons preseason, I brought in a wide receiver and uh, got some slack from that. Uh, So I'm not going to do that again. I think I brought in Rashad Bateman later in the first round. Yes. Um, but here for the Falcons, I really, really wanted Panay Sewell, not going to lie. I think that Falcons leadership truly thinks that this roster is ready to compete. And they they have a few years left to compete with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and the contract situations does not make it likely that they can they can move on from either one of them. So they are saying we need to buy in and try to win, one, win a Super Bowl in the next two to three years. So I don't think quarterback would... Be the pick here, especially if Justin Fields isn't there. I think if Justin Fields is there, you could make an argument for it. But I'm not sold enough on Zach Wilson or Trey Lance uh, to take a quarterback. There is the argument of the Falcons obviously having too much talent to pick in the top five m- more often than not. So picking here is it definitely quarterback is intriguing. But I think the Falcons leadership and I I tend to agree. I think this Falcons team has too much talent on both sides of the football to just fold and complete you know completely start over so I'm gonna go at a position of need here I wish there was a pass rusher on the edge that was worthy of the number four overall pick in this year's draft I don't I don't see it uh there's some high upside guys but I don't think that's worthy of the number four overall pick so instead I'm gonna go uh to pair opposite of AJ Terrell who looked uh good on the outside this year as a rookie one of the better rookie corners this year surprisingly Isaiah Oliver is not it. He has had three years, and he doesn't look good. It's Patrick Sertain uh, from Alabama. Oh. I think he is a plug-and-play outside guy. Technically, he has it all. I, I really, really like Patrick Sertain as the CB1 in this year's class. I think he has enough speed to to keep up with the faster NFL wide receivers that we see in uh, today's NFL. I think he's a plug-and-play guy that you're going to just stick on the outside opposite of A.J. Terrell and in that really wide receiver heavy NSC South, you're going to be able to compete on both sides of the football.
1: CB2, Patrick Sertan, the first I like it. <laughs>
0: I like it. All right, let's get into the next pick here, Cincinnati Bengals. And it's pretty safe to say the Bengals are pissed off right now because in a hope that a lot of teams might trade up, take a quarterback, that doesn't happen in this scenario. They miss out on the pick that they absolutely needed, which was Penny Sewell to protect the man under center Joe Burrow from having another season-ending injury or worse a career-ending injury hopefully they address it in free agency knowing where they sit there's obviously nobody that's worth the fifth overall pick here maybe you could talk yourself into some other guys but you're giving me a look there Rashawn Ryan,
1: Slater man he's top 10 At for everyone five overall <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not for me not for
0: me So this becomes tricky. Uh, The Draft Network is suggesting one of the top needs is the receiver. I think that what they've already invested and the amount of guys that they have at that position, I feel like they're probably not going to go receiver this early. Maybe they'll draft a guy in the mid-rounds because this is a pretty decent, deep class. There's a bunch of good guys they could get in the second or third round. Just based on who's currently available, one corner already just went. Oh, man, this is actually a very tricky pick. You know who I'm going to go with here if I could just move – you guys, out of the way. We're gonna go and grab at the fifth overall pick. We're gonna reach a little bit. We're gonna go and grab J.C. Horn, fifth overall, to the Cincinnati Bengals. It's not reaching at
1: all. It's not reaching at all. Yeah, well, some people Ryan's are gonna take
0: one. <laughs> so yeah, right. Some people are gonna think that's a reach, but best available yes. corner on the board. I'm not. I've watched enough of both of these guys to say that Horn is much better than Farley, in my opinion. Um, I, I just this is gonna be a tough pick, and I would argue that they're probably gonna do it. they can to slide back. Hopefully a team wants to move up and take a quarterback because once you lose out of Sewell, there's really not anyone you can talk yourself into without maybe passing up on some other players.
1: Joe, I know you actually look—you lo- looked pretty in depth on J.C. Horn, and it's not like you liked him a-, a lot, lot more than maybe I expected you to. Because I feel like I'm the only person that's really putting him up this high. That's the highest I've actually seen him in a mock draft. Can you break down for me real quick? I don't mean to put you on the spot. A couple things you liked that's about okay. J.C.
0: When I watched him, and I didn't do a full report or evaluation, but the things that I saw for me that that enticed me, why I think he deserved to be over some of these uh, these other guys. He's tall, he's long, he's really good in press. Like like I like a big aggressive corner, and I think that's what the NFL is working towards now. Is if you want a high top priority big name corner to go high and be the premier player on your defense, he needs to be big. He needs to have that uh, I'm the best guy on the field type attitude, and I I have I see all of those traits for me in J.C. Horn. That's such a, a basic evaluation of him, but long, the length for me, his ability to play press, he's very good in man situations, and with a lot of teams wanting to run as much man as possible, I think that, you know, a guy like J.C. Horn is perfect for that.
1: Yeah, no, no, and I agree, and I, uh, this is J.C. Horn podcast, so I love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, very strangely, I live right out of Philly, and I get the Philadelphia Eagles pick, even though I'm not a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So, I will tell you, they haven't drafted a linebacker since ni- in the first round since 1979. That was Jerry Robinson. So although Micah Parsons, I think, would be a great selection here, I don't think they're going to. Cornerback. If J.C. was on the board, I would very heavily consider cornerback. I actually absolutely would. I'm not as big on Farley and the next tier of corners after Sertan and Horn as, uh, as, as I should be, I guess, for this selection at number six. So I am going to go wide receiver, and I think if this if this fell the way this fell, I mean, my buddy's already telling me, I want Jamar Chase. I want Jamar Chase. I'm going to give him Jamar Chase because, man, him now with Jalen Rager, with Dallas Goddard, with Miles Sanders, the skill position is going to look pretty nice. I did fiddle in my mind with taking a quarterback because I think that they are a definite possibility for a quarterback. But let's give Jalen Hurts one full year as a starter, see what he does. Let's give him some help. Let's give him Jamar Chase here at six.
2: Man, that's a good pick. As good, it's pretty good value. I have you know, you see Jamar Chase a lot of times going Miami at three, or if if he falls out of that pick, Cincinnati at five. Um, but falling past both those picks, getting him at six. Philadelphia needs some wide receiver help, and okay. Jamar Chase is going to plug and play right there.
1: Alex, we didn't even talk about that. I mean, the dream scenario is is Jay, is uh, Jamar Chase at five to. to to go back with Joe Burrow, right? And right. Joe completely, completely ruined that. He completely ruined it.
0: What? I, I was just trying to address other needs before. They've already invested multiple picks over the past few years. They have a actually they have an underrated receiver group. I would argue it's
1: not bad. No, yeah, I, I agree.
2: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. That puts me in a tricky situation. I was hoping Jamar Chase would fall one more pick uh, for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, the Detroit Lions are they have a decent wide receiver core in twenty twenty, but a lot of that production is going away. Uh, to free agency that's Kenny Galladay that's that's Marvin Jones who uh is an up and down player for them production wise yeah in it, they're not in a cap situation with that Matthew Stafford contract to bring in any free agents at the position it is a deep wide receiver class they could use a linebacker and Micah Parsons but with them not being able to address wide receiver and free agency at least not a top name I I think you got to take advantage of this scenario here and I Someone that I was lower on going into the season, and uh, we've come around to, he's the best player in college football. He's a Heisman winner. That's Devonta Smith from Alabama. Those size is a concern, but we have seen some guys uh, succeed at that that frame. Uh, It is still a red flag to me to a degree, but he has shown week in and week out consistently that despite his size, he is a big boy in a little boy body and he he plays with the best of them i his route running his his nuance to his his foot cadence i think that that is going to to, to transcend the nfl and we're going to start looking at these undersized guys and say well look he might not have the size that you you normally see at the position in the nfl but if you can move the way he moves and and hit, have the hands at the catch point as as well as devonta smith does he deserves to be a top 10 pick. He's the, high, he's the best player in the nation in college football. Detroit Lions need a wide receiver. I think it's a good fit.
1: Not even the best wide receiver on his own team. You might but. be right,
2: but I, look, I've come <laughs> around to Devonta Smith very, very much. I, I The size is really a concern. That picture that came out during the college football semifinal of him standing straight up and his thighs look about as big around as my forearms, but... <laughs> The guy just gets it done week in and week out against the SEC. He only played an SEC schedule. And then, of course, playing against Notre Dame, who's a, a pretty good defense. I wouldn't say the defensive backs, at least at the cornerback no. position, are the best. Um, but we're going to see again on Monday night. You know, we're recording this over the weekend. So we haven't seen what he does in the national championship game. But I think Devonta Smith is a good football player. And, and despite his size, I think that's going to to continue at the next level.
0: All right, so now back up for me. I am the Carolina Panthers here at pick number eight. Again, a reminder we have no trades in this uh in this mock draft. So this is a little tricky here.
1: Oh, I think it's easy. Yes, it's easy well,
0: it's it's very easy, and I think I'm assuming what you're talking about here is going and just getting Micah Parsons and calling it a day and not over overthinking this. But 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 we have to take into account how sold are the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule on Teddy Bridgewater as their starting quarterback? Now, they have significantly benefited in this mock draft, like a crazy amount that nobody has traded up, which is impossible to take a quarterback. So then that means they get to pick between Zach Wilson and Trey Lance as their young quarterback of the future. What I, I, I'm getting the feeling from this team, And this is just like, I I don't have any like source that's telling me this, but I just, I feel like that what their, what their plan was, was to bring in Teddy B. If things don't go well in the first year, you need to bring in that young quarterback in the second year. You're not going to benefit in a situation like this, where you're going to be this high and top priority guys are possibly already going to be still on the board. So I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna take a risk here. I'm gonna take a shot. We're gonna pass on Micah Parsons. Linebackers always slide farther than we think that they will. They took too many defensive players last year. Give me Zach Wilson to be the new starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers.
2: Uh, not Trey Lance. Uh, you know what? I like. I like based on this roster construction. I actually prefer Zach Wilson. I think. I think with the playmakers you have to the short and intermediate areas of the field and DJ Moore. Um, uh, Curtis Samuel these guys that you know good route runners get open quick I think I like Zach Wilson actually better for this situation than I would Trey Lance
0: for me Ryan the only reason why I think Wilson over Lance here is I just think that as much as Lance might be a little bit more of an exciting prospect there are going to be a lot of teams that are probably going to just knock him slightly for not really having a ton of tape and also only playing one game this season I think that's pretty realistic, especially by how badly the Bears have been burned by Trubisky, who barely played in his time at North Carolina. I just think that we teams are going to be very precautious, especially if there's possibly no combine or there's the you know a, a different structure for the combine. They're probably going to try and play it safer rather than taking that risk.
1: No, I hear you. I hear you, and I'm actually kind of, I kind of puts me into a, a little bit of a strange pick here with the Denver Broncos because if you look at the Broncos roster, it's pretty good. Like there's offensive line's good. Um, Garrett Bowles has had a resurgence at left tackle. Dalton Reisner inside. You could probably upgrade at right tackle, but we already talked about it a little bit. I don't think there's another tackle that's worth to go in the top ten here. Nah. No. Why receivers are young? Then they're athletic and they have talent. They have a couple good running backs and Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. The defense is solid. They could probably use a corner, maybe a linebacker quarterback, though, for me, is like the big thing I'm looking at here, and I'm like, is Drew Locke the guy? Have we seen enough of this guy? Because I think I've seen enough. So now I'm looking at this board that we've fallen so far. Back-to-back quarterbacks to start. Then we had an offensive tackle. Then we had back-to-back corners, back-to-back wide receivers, and we're going to have back-to-back quarterbacks again. Trade Lance to wow. the Denver Broncos with the ninth pick. Probably not ready to play, like you said, Joe. Probably could use a year. But you still have, you're still inexpensive in that room. Drew Locke could be the guy for one more year, and then you could say, see you later, buddy. Trey Lance, I think, makes that team a whole lot better in the pretty near future because, again, if you look at that roster, they could use upgrades on defense in some spots, but, like, the defense is a solid nucleus of players, especially with Von Miller coming back next year. Alexander Johnson has really turned the corner into being a really good linebacker. There, Justin Simmons, hey, if you can get Justin Simmons back, then we're working a little bit. That might be another spot, but I'm not going to take a safety with that ninth overall pick cuz I don't think there's a guy that's quite worth that valuation. What I do think though is the minute that you figure out the quarterback position, that roster's pretty good and that roster might be playoff contention pretty soon as soon as Trey Lance hits the hits the field and hits the uh, you know, starts to really develop into what he can be.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, we're doing this mock now, Deshaun Watson has had, you know, the the rumors of him potentially requesting a trade, and he might move to one of these teams that's a quarterback away, you know, that, like you you said with the Denver Broncos, and you think of that with potentially the San Francisco 49ers, the Carolina Panthers. These are teams that have a lot of good pieces to compete right away, but they're really just a quarterback away. I think what you've seen with Drew Locke is what you get, that's up and down play. You're going to see some high highs and some very low lows, and I don't think that's, that's going to change with with more reps, so I agree with you. I think they are a quarterback needy team, and to get Trey Lance at nine, I think that's a good value. You you have the opportunity to to let him sit behind Drew Lock a little bit, but I think by the middle of the season, if they have Trey Lance on this roster, I think by the middle of the season, he he becomes the starting quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm. Alex is about to make, I think, what is going to be the most cancerous pick of this mock draft because a player has slid to the Dallas Cowboys that they probably don't need. If we're considering who are two of the better players on their defense, two of the young, talented players on their defense, and you're just Alex, just go ahead and do it, just ruin my day because I'm picking for the Giants. With the
1: Giants, the next pick, do it, Alex. Do it. Well,
0: there's somebody I'm eyeing with that next pick. So if you do do this, Mm. I'm okay. But I just think this is a cancerous selection of of Filling a position that is already
2: filled. I'm at a, I really am at a crossroads. You have g- stupid value with Micah Parsons at 10 overall. That is great value. But like you said, with Jalen Smith, the, you know, what do you have with him but Leighton Vander Esch? You have two inside linebackers that you don't need to necessarily replace this early. Cornerback is such a need. Oh my goodness. Um, Man, you got you got Pat Sertain off the board, who they would have loved. J.C. Horns off the board, who I like as well to play in that press role. There, there's a take I have at this cornerback class, which I can make right here.
1: Do it. Why wouldn't you? You know. <laughs>
2: I could play Micah Parsons off the edge. That's his natural position coming out of high school. But
0: okay, but how many? They already have Randy Gregory, Alden Smith, and Demarcus Lawrence. Like that's the other reason why this pick just doesn't make any sense to me. Is because you, you know
2: what? Joe, I don't mean to talk uh, you out of
0: look, it, but like Joe, you're Joe, adding so many play. It's another player. In Joe, a position there, there's, that's a, there's already a, there's filled. A, there's
1: another layer to this, though. Okay, like, go I ahead. I love Jalen Smith in Notre Dame. Jalen Smith's bad. Like let's just call what? it what it is. He's not very good anymore. He's just not. I mean. It, he had a bad year here, because his defensive coordinator... Here, I'm making court. my he's pick. I'm making solo. my pick. Too bad.
2: Look, J- Jalen Smith isn't very good, but there's, there's a lot of money invested, a lot of uh, capital invested in that linebacker position. He could play off the edge opposite of Demarcus Lawrence in a 3-4 role, uh, could drop back in coverage. However, I know Joe and the New York Giants need a lot of help, so I'm going to throw him a bone...
0: No, 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 don't help me. No, don't, don't, say, taking, don't say you're doing it to help me. Don't I'm say you're doing taking, it to help And me.
2: I'm taking, you know, they they were 6 and 10 and they really wanted a playoff spot and they're really mad at Philadelphia for not making the playoffs <laughs> at 6 and 10. So, they need one more piece. I'll let them get the value at pick 11 and at pick I'm 10, sure Jerry
0: Jones is going to think that
2: in, in the back I uh, I need yeah. to help well, out John Merrin. I'm, Jerry, Mara and the I'm Jerry Jones today yes. and uh Jerry Jones is going to go with today. The best cornerback on the board. That's not Caleb Farley because he's not the best cornerback on the board. It is Eric Stokes from the University yes. of Georgia. Wow! I think I think you get a good mix. Uh, you have a boundary corner already uh, on the roster, and Trayvon Diggs that can play the short side of the field. Eric Stokes has all the athleticism in the world to play that field side, that open field to cover a lot of ground. There's a lot of athletic guys in that that uh, division. I think Eric Stokes can man up right away. I am a big fan of Eric Stokes. He is my CB three, and he you know this is good value for him as a third cornerback off the board behind Sertain and uh, JC Horn. I think Eric Stokes is the ne- next guy up in line. I think with Caleb Farley not playing in 2020, that does kind of hurt him. He's a toolsy guy. You know he has the height, weight, speed that you like playing on the outside but there's a lot of technical flaws in his game to where I'm not comfortable playing him in week one on the starting outside role whereas Eric Stokes I am so uh, the Cowboys I think are playoff contenders in 2021 with Dak Prescott back healthy if they do decide to agree to bring him back in which I believe they will Dallas Cowboys are a playoff team in 2021 with Eric Stokes opposite of Trayvon Diggs
0: How the turntables turn So now You're
2: not (laughs) Not in the office? (laughs) Have you seen the office? Me. Oh, okay. yeah, not, not,
0: that's a that is an iconic line. Jeez, you guys <laughs> need to be more cultured. Wow, damn! I thought I was clever there. You guys ruined it. Tweet it, Ryan and Alex, if you're upset as upset as I am. So, Giants' 11th pick for some reason, Jerry Jones is feeling generous here. But I I really do believe that if if they're in this position. I don't think they're going to go linebacker just based on you said it. The money that they have invested in that position, it would be too confusing to add another guy in. It would basically, I feel like, it would be like with the Cardinals with Isaiah Simmons. Is. They just chose to take him, and then they couldn't get him on the field because they didn't know where to put him. So I think that you know they might be a little wary of that. But we're we're in a position here. The Giants are going to be asking themselves, why the hell did Micah F- Parsons fall this far? Is something wrong with him? Did something go wrong in the draft process? Are people? Not liking something about his game that we didn't figure out. Do we need to be worried? Do we need to look at Kyle Pitts as the uh, next offensive weapon in the spot? However, I'm not going to be stupid. This sounds like draft day. I, I think that right. <laughs> I think that the the Giants have consistently for so long not taken a linebacker, and I'm I really do feel that Patrick Graham and Joe Judge can convince Dave Gettleman if that if Parsons falls this far, which. This is far more realistic, I think, than we need to, you know, like I think people might be saying, like, oh, Parsons is not going to fall that far. Linebackers always slide a lot further than we think that they will. It has a, a very good tendency to happen. Not all the time, but a guy like Isaiah Simmons, who was a foregone conclusion to be a top four pick, ends up going at the end of the top ten. So here, Micah Parsons is going to be a huge impact piece in that defense. Patrick Graham is a creative defensive coordinator, He likes having movable chess pieces. Micah Parsons is exactly that. I can play him as my second inside linebacker, my willbacker, alongside um, Blake Martinez, as Patrick Graham likes to do. He loves to blitz his linebackers. He loves to move them around. If you wanted to put Parsons off the edge, you could do that as well. There's so many things you can do with Parsons, and he is the perfect pick for Patrick Graham. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Kyle Trask to the San Francisco. I'm just kidding. I would <laughs> I would end this
0: goddamn mock draft so quickly is, if you did that.
1: <laughs> this is such a bad situation for San Francisco, though, because I'm yeah. almost like at the point with this pick with the four top quarterbacks off the board, I'm almost pretending in my mind that in the offseason they got Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford somehow. Like, they got one of the Mats. They got some quarterback help, whoever it is, because I can't take a quarterback here at 12. It's way too rich for anybody that's on the board. Correct. By the way, I'd watch Davis Mills, some of the 2020, um, by the way. It's just a little quick segue. He's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, But for this pick, sorry, I, I was just thinking quarterbacks, Joe. Don't look at me like that, please. Okay. All right. So, cornerback could be a need. You know, Richard Sherman might be out this year. But, like, you guys all know, I am not the biggest Caleb Farley guy in the world. So, I would feel like a big hypocrite to pick him at 12. So, I'm going to do something a little for the future, but also for the present. Christian Darrisaw will eventually be the left tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. But they do have Trent Williams right now. But probably the biggest need for the San Francisco 49ers right now is interior offensive line. So I'm going to draft Christian Darrisaw right now, and I am going to put him on the inside and groom him to be the next left tackle after Trent Williams does ultimately retire. But for now, he, he immediately fills the, maybe the biggest need on this team. But then he also sets you up for flexibility at left tackle for the future.
0: All right, this is going to cause a, uh, a stir here, but why? wasn't wasn't there um, a, a certain argument presented by a lot of people of stop putting good tackles in at guard? So why are you drafting Christian Dariusaw to play guard?
1: Because the long term outlook is for him to play left tackle, but the immediate response is that he <sighs> right. fills a massive role. Okay, I'm not I I'm not putting him in a I'm not putting him okay. in a guard for the rest of his career. Oh, yeah,
2: All right, that's the right explanation. That's yeah, the, that's ultimately the right explanation. Christian Dariusaw was the best offensive guess, lineman prospect can can we
1: also can we also get off of this please put a player where they fit best let's get the best five linemen on the board let's stop being so oh tackles are the guards stop wherever they fit best is where they fit best in this situation best player probably on the board potentially for a big position to need and he fills in immediately stop joe man great
2: segue great segue to my pick (laughs) at 13 you talk about playing the best five and the chargers have an offensive line need there's no doubt about it uh, so at 13 here we're gonna go with an offensive lineman that I think allows you to play the best five and that's someone with the versatility uh, to play inside or outside and for me that is Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern I'm not in on top 10 you know offensive tackle one talk like some people are but I think he is a quality player that can plug and play inside right now and I think he has a lot of upside as a as an outside guy as well I don't think he you love the length on the outside, but he does give you that versatility. I think he's he's training right now to play guard uh in his pre-draft training. So he gives you that versatility uh to plug and play him wherever you want to play that best five that Ryan talked about.
1: He's he's snapping a lot too. Some people might value him in the really? center as well. Yeah. So
0: I was gonna ask about that. I didn't know that there was uh that much preparation. I mean, that tends to happen though with the with the the pre draft stuff is if uh, if there's even an inkling that teams are interested in seeing him in other spots, immediately when you're doing that training, it, whatever O-line coach you're working with, you're going to spend time snapping. You know It yeah. happens with a lot of guys because they want them to be able to do as many things as possible.
1: Uh, absolutely, and Slater only has 32-and-a-half-inch arms, so some teams are just That's not going to have him on the offensive tackle board. They're just not. Right. They're just going to look at him and say, you're an interior offensive lineman. Now, he's a good player. I think in this situation – San Francisco taking a Darisaw one pick before the Chargers is probably not an ideal situation right. for the Chargers.
2: But Rashawn Slater is a good football player that I think is, Absolutely. you know, in, in a position like the Chargers are in where they have holes on, you know, the inside and outside. I think uh he, he gives you that opportunity to play the best five like you you were talking about with San Francisco.
0: So this is another really weird pick to be in because the main priority, I believe, for the Vikings, who are pick at 14, which is who I have right now, their priority is probably going to be finding some off- offensive linemen. I don't, quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. they're going to take a quarterback at 14, of course. <laughs> if you just look at the board, though, Kyle Pitts has slid pretty far, further than I think some people might expect him to. Again, tight end one of those tricky positions where they might slide further than we predict them to um, just because of positional value. So they're probably not going to go with Kyle Pitts because they already have Kyle Rudolph. They already have Irv Smith. They have already have that um, capital invested in them. Irv Smith actually had some flashes this year, so I don't think they're going to go with another tight end unless they possibly value Kyle Pitts as a receiver. Uh, The other guy on the board right now is Jalen Waddell. I think that you can't really talk yourself into adding another receiver to the group. When you have Justin Jefferson, you already have Adam Thielen. Is adding another guy just going to uh, ignore the biggest problem for this team right now, which is proper protection for Kirk Cousins and also being able to pave lanes for Dalvin Cook. I, I think that they're going to be one of those teams that is going to prioritize getting somebody... Um, for the interior, and I know 14 is probably a little rich for some of these players. They're, they don't really need a center right now because I believe they have Garrett Bradbury at center who they drafted recently. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a. You could argue, you guys are probably gonna tell me this is a little bit of a reach, but I'm gonna go with Wyatt Davis here from Ohio State. I think that they're gonna go interior. They're gonna try and get a, you know, a big body in there. Um, they need just protection. They need somebody, and I, I feel like there's not really any tackles right here that I, I would bump inside. So for me, that that makes the most sense.
1: Yeah, I-, I liked Wyatt a-, a good bit coming out of summer. His-, his tape this year has been a little rough, though. But he's a good football player, so I'm not going to give you too much on it. I'm not going to give you too much. Okay, fair. Patriots are in a good situation. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Pitts and Jalen Waddle are both on the board, and they seriously need some pass-catching help, no matter where that comes from. Now, the dilemma I'm going through in my head, though, is they did invest two picks last year in tight end, I think both in the third and fourth round. So a couple – you know, semi-early picks, the question is, Kyle Pitts, is he so much of a hybrid player that you can t- talk yourself into, hey, he could fix wide receiver and tight end at the same point time. You can mix in Devin Asiasi with him as more the blocking tight end. You could do some things that way. Or do you just want the speed of Jalen Waddle? Or do you just want that? Because they don't have any of that right now. And Kill Harry is slow. They don't have anybody in that wide receiver room. Oh, it's a tough one. Uh, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. Oh, all
2: my right. goodness. Wow, that's a, I, I was expecting Kyle Pitts for sure. Kyle Pitts, yeah. man. It was a, close.
1: Kyle Belichick Pitts. loves tight
0: ends.
2: I, mean, I know, but he
1: just, took, he just took two last year, though. Right, I don't know. True. But the thing uh, with Kyle Pitts. You, you he think he
0: wouldn't take a third one?
1: <laughs> I mean, he might, but those wide receivers are just so bad. But, Ankeel Harry and all those dudes, it's just so bad.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I was never a big Nick inkill Harry uh, fan coming out a couple of years ago. But, man, Kyle Pitts is just, I think, arguably the best wep- offensive weapon available here.
1: Take him here. Take him here, Alex. Nah,
2: no, I, I can't. <laughs> There's too many needs on the defensive side of the football here. Arizona Cardinals, Patrick Peterson, free agent. Uh, you could look corner. Byron Murphy looks like the best cornerback available at this point. Uh, You know, available for them at this time, uh, barring any free agent moves. Hassan Reddick is a free agent, and they play that 3-4 role. I see some 3-4 edge, you know, 3-4 outside linebackers uh, that I like at this position. You don't think Simmons would fill that? No, I think he's more off ball. I'm actually, no, you know what? I'm going, God, I, I look like a Georgia fan here. I'm going Azizo Jalari. I, wow. I think he can, you know, depending on what happens with Hassan Reddick, even opposite of him, you could use another uh, three-four outside linebacker on the other side. But if you don't, then he just plugs into that role that Hassan Reddick currently plays in. I think Azizo Jalari has done so much for his draft stock this year, capping it off with a, a three sack game against Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. I think I think he's a top twenty prospect in this year's class. I'm a big fan of him, uh, and playing that three-four role, it was just an a way to talk about my guy. I was big on him coming into the year. I expected the breakout, and it happened. That's someone I've uh, been able to plant my flag on as someone I was high on before the consensus came around. So I gotta, I gotta make some noise here and, t- and bring Aziz Ojalari into uh, the top what 16 here.
0: I'm absolutely losing my mind right now by how far. Kyle Pitts has fallen here. This is He might not even go in our, in our mock draft because we Take got him. my pick, we got Ryan's pick. Take no, him, I'm, I'm not going to do that. They already have Dan, Darren Waller. They don't need a second Darren Waller to no, play they don't. Um, on their offense. We all know that the problems here is defensively. They are not well built at key positions. They don't have a very good pass rush. Their linebackers have more to be desired. Keep things simple. They are gonna love a guy, and this is actually a really common pick. I think we keep seeing, um, depending on how long he lasts. Jeremiah Usakoramoa is an ideal position or an ad- ideal player for this team. They need a linebacker. They need a guy that's a playmaker. This is a guy that can play multiple spots. You can have him cover guys in the slot. He's probably gonna be an outside linebacker. He played that rover role at Notre Dame. Fantastic athlete. You plug him in, and I think he's gonna be one of those players that maybe wasn't talked enough about early on, but now that people are starting to talk about him and realize who he is, is going to come in and be able to play and have an impact right away. That is what the Raiders need. They need an impact player that can immediately help them go from being a, a middling team that just barely missed the playoffs to in the playoffs. They're going to probably do whatever they can to spend money. They're going to try and solidify the quarterback situation, but bringing in Jock here for me is, is perfect for them that he's still on the board.
1: Mm-hmm. I had the perfect combination in my mind, but I actually ruined it myself. Yeah, wanted, with Patriots. I wanted Jalen Waddle <laughs> to get to 18 because that would have made so much sense for the Miami Dolphins. So now I am wrestling in my mind between jumping on another wide receiver and Rashad Bateman, who I like. But I think 18 might be a little early, and he's not really what they need. They need an influx of speed. So then my mind goes, hey, can we get Rondell Moore maybe in the second round? Can we get another guy like Chris Olave in the second or third round? Like, Can we get those guys? And wait on that position a little bit. So then my mind goes, okay, Greg Russo still there, which is pretty nuts to me with the 18th pick. And it fits what they like to do. That's the New England style. And then my final thought is, they need linebacker help, and Zaven Collins absolutely fits that New England Patriot style of linebacker, that Kyle Van Noy type of role. So those are the decisions that I am making in my mind, and I think that I'm going to go Zavin Collins because not only does he give you that big athletic off-ball linebacker who's great in coverage, he's also had spurts where he comes down in under fronts and he rushes off the edge. So you're not quite killing two birds with one stone because he's not going to give you a high-volume sack guy. But I think he gives you some rush, rush variants, similar again to a Kyle Van Noy, where he quickly improves your ability to blitz, blitz the quarterback. So Zayvon Collins, kind of that chess piece on the defense, I feel like he fits a, fills a lot of needs for the, for the Miami Dolphins here.
0: I think it's pretty safe to say, hypothetically... Well, that's a, first of all, that's a fantastic pick, and I think Zayvon Collins is a name that everybody needs to start familiarizing themselves with. He is probably going to be one of the top linebacker uh, selections, and he might, he might slide a little bit just based on small school, uh, and maybe less notoriety in terms of what media members pick if they chose to have him outside the first round. But um, I think it's pretty safe to say at 19 that... The Washington Football Team would probably be the destination for Kyle Pitts because you know best player available. It's a Logan of a Thomas, you know. Logan need Thomas, what do you mean? You but like, time. imagine imagine having Logan Thomas and Kyle Pitts. Like Kyle Pitts is not going to be strictly your. Man, I can't um, believe we let Kyle Pitts line. fall out of the top. I know, right? I know. That's the your, one. You thing. let your boy
1: Greg Russo fall out. I know, I know, no. man. I'm, I'm like,
0: our our guy Greg Russo, he came on the show. Yes,
1: He's not, he did. He did go on the show. I, I don't think just looking at who's coming up next year, though, I don't think either one of those gentlemen are going to last too much longer.
0: No, so. no, not at so all. So we have an interesting mock draft scenario here. I just want to wrap us up here with let's just get a really quick takeaway from the each of us. So I want to start with the the blatant one: Kyle Pitts sliding this far, and maybe may the 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 reasons the the chain reactions that had this happen is a a run on linebackers, a run on corners, and then a a run on receivers, and also linemen. Linemen's the unexpected one for me, but the other ones make a lot of sense because I feel like as soon as somebody grabs that first corner and takes one early, a lot of teams are going to be aggressive and saying like, okay, am I going to have the ability to draft a good guy in the second round if all these guys are gone in the first round? I'm going to grab my guy now if I'm not as high as some other players.
2: Yeah, kind of to go with your point, We, you know, throughout, you know, the early portions of the draft season, we talk about this guy's a first rounder, this guy's a first rounder. And then all of a sudden there's 50 first round talents. And we see there's people that are going to slide because (laughs) there's there's 32 picks in the first round and only 32 can be first rounders, despite some people believing there's about 50 of them that deserve it. So, you know, we see Quiddy Pay who some, you know, some people are saying is a top 10 ish talent in this class. I don't buy that. I think he's a toolsy player. You know, he's falling, you know towards the towards the 20 mark and potentially thereafter Caleb Farley someone that had a lot of uh, draft hype going into the year you know you take that 2020 year off some guys catch up to you and surpass you he could fall Greg Russo same same idea I, there's there's a lot of talent in this class I think that are all there's, there's a lot of talent worth that middle of the first round pick um, and you know depending on where the quarterbacks fall this thing this thing could get interesting for sure
1: and I think one layer that makes it even more interesting is there are a few positions in here that are extraordinarily deep. Talking right. about interior offensive line, linebacker, corner, even to a degree, wide receiver certainly. And I feel like that, at least in my mind, I don't know if you fellows are the same, but like that made me change my 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 draft strategy, especially for like the Miami Dolphins. Like I I yeah. wanted to take a wide receiver there so bad, but I'm just in my mind, I'm like. There's going to be a wide receiver in the second round. Like, there's right. going to be somebody that that could help this team immediately. So, just understanding where the strengths and weaknesses of the class, I think, really guided a few of my decisions.
2: No, I completely agree with you. I think I think we, uh, as Joe, is finishing off this mock draft on the screen in front of us. <laughs> no, I, I think I think you're you're completely right. You know, you got to put into account with these these one round mock drafts. You know hypothetical what's going to be there the next round and like you said wide receiver is one of those positions linebacker is one of those positions that you might see fall in the first round because of the opportunity cost that you're giving up at other positions you know it, there's there's not a lot of interior offensive linemen or offensive tackles worth a top 20 pick so you might want to take one there and you like your selections of day two picks at the wide receiver position over the offensive tackle position so yeah you, you do have to go in to these things with that kind of mindset
0: all right, well, I think that's a good note to end us uh, up on here, folks. Thanks you, thank you for tuning in to this mock draft episode. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. If you liked it, if you hated it, if you absolutely hated something that we did, feel free to let us know at Joe DeLeon at Alex Killstrap, at Rise and Draft. Also follow us at NFL Prospects Pod and follow Believe Podcast at B L E A V Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Also, head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds more. And please, subscribe to our show and provide us with a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate a five-star rating. See you later in the week, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.